This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome to Open for Business. Ula Life wants to change the way businesses and individuals communicate and collaborate, addressing the evolving needs of modern remote teams. The platform calls itself a virtual meeting replacement and I'm sure that will give a pause for many people who are looking for a replacement for their daily virtual meetings. They're going to be able to supposedly give you the ability to skip that virtual meeting and instead get recorded video over email. While this can be especially useful for companies with regional and globally distributed workforces with varying time zones to manage. Is there value for other types of businesses and employers? Well, we'll find out today with Ula Life co-founders Afam Faris, who is also the CEO, and Lisa Letgold, who is the CMO. We'll explore the origins of this platform, how they've tested and adapted the products in starting, and what will drive their growth ahead. Uh, Faris, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roshan, for inviting us this morning. Hi. <laughs> so um, maybe let's get a sense for your respective roles here at uh, Ulan Life. Um, uh, Faris, you're the CEO. Uh, Lisa, you are the CMO. Tell us a little bit about your roles and uh, also kind of how this partnership began. Uh, okay, Ron. Uh, we have uh, three co-founders, which is me, Lisa and Suresh. Uh, Suresh unable to join today. So uh, before starting uh, Ulan Life, uh, I had uh, five years uh, building my own companies. Uh, including uh, e-commerce brand and also automotive. So I grew my e-commerce brand uh, into 2 million in revenue in just three years. And I exited the company, which is, was acquired by a South Korean firm in 2019. And I have also worked in as a pilot in the local airlines for almost 10 years. So that's pretty much about me. Uh, Lisa, what about you? Okay, I don't have such an impressive background like Faris, but I'm currently a university student at Monash University of Malaysia in my final year. So in terms, I'm from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, Central Asia. So how I, we got started and how we met, we met a while ago before through a mutual friend. And Faris later on decided to invite me to join him in building Ola Live and yeah. That's how we got started. Malaysia, uh, Malaysia, I was also there uh, about a decade ago at this point. Uh, what school, uh, which school of business, uh, school of business, school of arts? Yeah, so I'm pursuing the double degree program. So I'm doing two bachelors at the same time, <laughs> business, commerce and digital media and communication. If I remember my old friends uh, who were doing that, they were highly stressed and you're doing that and a startup. That's quite impressive. <laughs> uh, Lisa. So let's get into the story here. Uh, Ula Life started back in 2021, launched yeah. your first MVP in 2022 and acquired more than 10,000 users that year. Yeah. The platform was initially described as a live streaming social media platform offering built-in e-commerce solutions to local content creators. But as my introduction showed, that isn't the case today. So why the pivot in 2023? Uh, okay, the original idea is uh, live stream e-commerce. Uh, the idea is to help my friends, which is mostly streamers and gamers, to have a platform where they can uh, sell during live while playing games. Right At that time, there's no TikTok live. It's only video live. So uh, as the lockdown has been lifted, we think that the problem is not painful to them anymore. So we think the numbers of users is uh, reducing, it's churn. So we think this is a time for us to pivot. So that's how we come and pivot into where Ula Life is today. 
from a very vague idea and we refine the idea into uh, how a scenes video can help uh, companies uh, or organizations in managing their communication remotely. Well, we'll talk about more about what it is today. Uh, but this pivot, this idea that you had initially to help uh, live streamers monetize their offerings and earn a revenue, um, you, uh, you raised $300,000 that year to yep. fund this program and very quickly pivoted that. You know, was there maybe not enough market research done? What what was the story behind this? Was it, yeah, you know, were you just trying to address the concerns of your friends as opposed to a larger market, perhaps? Uh, at that time, uh, uh, even we managed to raise a like, uh, good amount of money. Uh, we think that the major uh, operation cost for us is the bandwidth to hold the streaming. So, uh, uh, the cost for you to host the streaming is very huge that um, the return of the revenue you get from it is very little. So uh, we see that uh, the sense of business there is uh, very low. So that's why we think... And you were only able to learn this once you started yes. the business. All right. Yeah. Um, how much of the previous product and business were you able to salvage and build into uh, Ola Life as it is today? Uh, I venture into uh, five businesses before. Yep. No, but from the previous MVP that you built out, how much of that is still exists in today's uh, product? Were you able to take anything from the live streaming product over to the asynchronous video today? Yeah, uh, main thing that we think uh, we carry forward into Ula Life today is the usage of video. We are very familiar with how video operates, especially in the cloud instance. Uh, so we managed to optimize the cost of the video usage, especially if you store the video in the clouds. So that's how we carry the video and bring how Ula Life can help companies today. I guess the most important question from any pivot, from any time you have to change your business, is whether lessons were learned along the way. So um, as far as what lessons were learned from the pivot? I think the main lesson uh, we find out after we pivoted is uh, we have to start we have to start to learn about the feedback from the users. Uh, we cannot assume that our users will like and stay and keep using our products and we have to pivot fast. What does that entail? So the pivot fast is one part, but you know, trying to learn about the users or at least whether there's a market need. Is this basically like do market research before you jump into something? Yeah. Uh, one thing is we need to understand the user's behavior. So if the users uh, sign in in the morning, uh, maybe not signing later in the night, at night. So that's a trend that we need to study. So it's not just about how uh, the profit or the revenue comes from it. It's how your user interact with your products. So from there, we think that uh, the 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 activity there is reducing. So that's we think that we have to change this business. Yeah. So Ula Life raised uh, 300,000 US dollars in pre-seed funding from angel investors back in 2021. Yeah. That was initially meant to be directed towards product development uh, and acquiring content creators uh, for the for as early adopters, among other things. How much of that funding was utilized before the pivot? Okay, it's around forty uh, percent uh, of the money is uh, spent on the uh, live streaming e-commerce, which is before Ula Life today. So the majority of that cost is purely on supporting the video uh, in the cloud to host the streaming. Yeah. So you still got about at the time of the pivot, you still have about sixty percent of funds to utilize at that point. 
Um, all right, so let's talk about the situation as it is today. Today, Will Life is focused on replacing virtual meetings, which I'm sure comes to good news to many people with recorded video over email. There are going to be plenty of challenges which we will get into, but at the first spot, uh, at, at, at for now, uh, take us through Ula Life as it stands today in the product mix. Is it simply just that one product or do you have other things as well? Uh, right now, we have a very basic uh, Ula Life today. So uh, in the future, in our product roadmap, of course, we are offering more and more uh, features uh, to our customers. Uh, however, these features is really important for us to is either um, make or break uh, the product. So this feature is used to validate our strong uh, customer use cases. So I think uh, in future we are going to add more features and to serve for our customers. Such as uh, there's a uh, we call it workspace. So this workspace is where you can host the entire organization, right? So mm-hmm. instead of you host for one person, now you uh, let's say our customer is from uh, one university or one organization. So now with workspace, you can host the entire organization and you can just um, uh, keep replying or keep sending video between each other. Now, the the key concern or the key challenge I would think is that right now this feels more like a product or a feature Mm. instead of a a company at this point. I mean, a lot of great startups did start out that way, but uh, there was a journey to be undertaken, right? So this seems like it could get quite significantly disrupted if, say, Zoom or Microsoft or Google decided to, say, package something like this into their current virtual meeting offerings. Um, So with that in mind... Why do you think that this is worth the risk to not just build for a spot, to pivot and then rebuild something? Yeah. So I think um, if Google and Microsoft is interested to enter, to join this space, I think this is a good sign. means uh, our idea is validated, right? So we just want a portion of the markets. So and we, when we grab the portion of the market, we focus on the niche of it, right? So, but our main concern right now is uh, if the businesses or organization does not use video enough in their daily business or daily tasks. So, uh, that's actually our main concerns. So, however, uh, some of the organizations, they really need a video because you still need uh, remote, however, plus uh, in-person experience, right? So you think that people aren't using video enough in the, their current workflows? Especially in Malaysia and in Southeast Asia uh, compared to uh, Europe and US. So uh, Malay- uh, our customer profile in Malaysia where uh, video usage to interact with your peers, your uh, colleagues is lesser than people in, in the West. Yeah. All right, folks, we've got to go into a few messages. I've been speaking with Ula Life co-founders Afam Faris and Lisa Letgold, a Malaysian startup that's trying to replace virtual meetings with recorded video over email. I'm Roshan Kandison. You're listening to Open for Business. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. 
Hey folks, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and that was Lanny Kravitz with Are You Gonna Go My Way? This morning, I'm speaking with Ula Life co-founders Afam Faris and Lisa Leitgold a, from a Malaysian startup that's trying to replace virtual meetings with recorded video over email. Um, we were earlier talking about the pivot, uh, what led to it, and the potential competition that could come from players like Microsoft and Google if they were to integrate something like this into their virtual meeting offerings. Uh, looking ahead, it is about growth, right? How do you grow this business? And some key challenges ahead for you will be things like market awareness and getting buy-in from organizations to utilize your product. So um, what is the marketing and customer awareness strategy to get yourselves known in this space? All right, I'll take this one. So when it comes to marketing, it's quite uh, not hard to say, but it's not that simple either, as in the <laughs> sense that we have to see and properly study the customer segments first to see who we are actually marketing to. So as of now, our main strategy includes focusing on the content that we put out there, but also partnering with local influencers uh, in the digital and tech spaces. We have also recently started investing in ads, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, which have brought us a lot of impressions as well and visitors to the website too. Yeah, so it's both organic marketing, but also we started investing quite a bit of funds into it because we realized that there is only so much so far we can get with just word of mouth growth. That's why I decided to push this a bit further and really, you know, gain this awareness of Ola Life as a brand. Um, what is the, so the aim of the digital ads is branding and marketing to get awareness. Uh, but your product is very B2B. It's a SaaS offering. Um, are you guys also doing essentially relationship building with key possible sales targets? Because with B2B, it's really just about targeting one organization as opposed to uh, a thousand or a hundred thousand, ten thousand uh, cold leads. Yeah, yeah, we do. So when it comes to working with organizations, it's never one stakeholder involved. It's like you have to sell the product to the whole thing. Mm. So when it comes to that, it's quite... Um, a lot to do with onboarding as well as the features that we can offer to them. So when it comes to uh, onboarding people into our platform, we will make sure to have these proper meetings to educate them about our life, you know, to really dig in and research about their pain points and figure out ways to tailor and properly propose the product to them so that it really suits what the organization is looking for, you know, because B2B is a very, very complex way of selling <laughs> compared to like just selling to individual. They like get it, buy it, use it. Yeah. But B2B, it's a lot. It's a, it's a management. Long sales cycle. Yes, yes. It's a very long sales cycle. So it involves a lot of research, a lot of prep time on our side as well. But it is more rewarding than obviously selling to just, you know, a consumer on on the regular side. Yeah, uh, awareness is great, uh, but actual customer acquisition is the real goal. Uh, getting businesses and organizations to add another tool to their stacks and their workflows um, is going to be a challenge, to say the least, you know, uh, especially with players like Microsoft and Google already have all these suites with a lot of the big organizations or even smaller organizations, right? So there are different profiles. Some people use Microsoft, some people use Google. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, these bigger players, whether it's Zoom, Microsoft, Google, could add a feature like yours in the longer term. So how are you going about 
acquiring customers? What is it that you're that you need uh, that you need to do to incentivize them to give you a shot? So, in terms of our growth drivers, I would say that we do focus a lot on partnerships as well as referral programs. So there is that from the like purely incentive form, but. As I mentioned previously, we focus a lot on how our onboarding is conducted. Like we try to be present with all of our clients from the start up to the end that they're properly confident with using Ola Life. Mm-hmm. So I guess like this personal approach and being 24% available 24-7 for the customers is what really does it for us at least. Yep. But that still requires you to convert, right? Before yes. they, you can onboard them, before this customer support means anything. Um in the meantime, to close the deals, is there anything? Have you been? Have you needed to uh, throw in promos? Have you been able to? If you needed to throw prices down, uh, have you seen customer acquisitions costs basically become slightly more expensive? Yeah. So actually, Ololive functions on a freemium model. So all the users start out with a free basic mm. plan, and then they can choose to upgrade to premium features where we monetize that basically. So in terms of uh, promos, yeah, we've been doing major discounts because our mission right now is to onboard as many people as possible. You know, we are not focusing on monetizing the product as of now because we are really, really pushing product market fit and trying to, you know, make sure that our website visitors are, you know, actually using the product, everyone is interested in it. So to gather this, you know, customer kind of what's the vibe, what's mm-hmm. going on. So are people interested or are people not using it the way we wanted to use it? So really pushing into that. Yeah. Especially given that this is essentially basically year one of this yes. iteration of the company. Um, it's about getting your product in the hands of people. So the freemium model helps with that, yeah. which is why then your onboarding and your customer service becomes essential to, con- well, convert them to a paid model, I would presume. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen much success with that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, although uh, we do not have a lot of paid users as of now, we do think that the current model, the way we approach it, is going to get us that those paid users eventually because... Yeah, we are focusing on gaining the masses first. So we really, really want more people to try it out to, you know, gather as much feedback mm-hmm. as possible and then monetize it. Through. Now, given that this is a B2B product mm-hmm. uh, and you're focusing on users, uh, it, it kind of break that down for me. Um, because on the other hand, B2B is about getting a few but big customers. So are we talking about organizations uh, utilizing Ula Life and then the people in that organization becoming users of Ula Life. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it's similar to that. So when we talk B2B, we mean everything. So starting from startups who consist of like two, three people up to much bigger organizations. So when it comes to actually the bigger side of it, it will probably be management implementing Ula Life as a potential tool mm-hmm. for all the people who actually needed to use it there. So it's not one person per organization, it's many people. Yeah. Everyone needs their own yes. account, basically. Yeah. Is this a separate separate piece of software? Or does it plug into existing uh, software? Like, do I use Ula Life and plug it into my Zoom, for example, or is it a separate piece of software? Right now, it is a separate piece of software. We do not integrate with Zoom because we are kind of trying to be the opposite of Zoom. 
as in Zoom is more synchronous video calling, real-time interactions. We are non-real-time recorded videos, so we stand alone as of now. But it's definitely in our product roadmap to focus a lot more on integration. Right, because I can see people like recording, doing a Zoom call and yeah. wanting that to be recorded and sent out. For right sure. now, the way the product works is I use your software, I record what would be otherwise a virtual meeting, maybe a briefing, and then that is sent out uh asynchronously to the people in my organization. Is that it? Yeah, pretty much right now. Yeah. All right. Um, Lisa, uh, Faris, we've got more to get into, which we will do in just a bit. We're going to talk about the revenue side of things or the commercial side of things, as well as the pathway to profitability, although a little bit early to get into all that, but what that could look like as well as whether you're raising more funds. Folks, I've been speaking with Ula Life co-founders Afam Faris and Lisa Lategold, a Malaysian startup that's trying to replace virtual meetings with recorded video over email. I'm Roshan Kanesan. We're going into the 10.30am news bulletin. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossPolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Birkins for Mama. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossPolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Hey folks, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I've been speaking with Ula Life co-founders Afam Faris and Lisa Lategold. They're uh, they're running a Malaysian startup that's trying to replace virtual meetings with recorded video over email. Uh, Lisa Faris, we, earlier we were getting we got into uh, the pivot early in the early days. What the product is today, basically in asynchronous video. It's currently a separate piece of software, which means that marketing awareness and customer acquisition is going to be really important for you to get that. Uh, semblance of whether it is going to get traction. Also, it's currently a freemium model. So it, what's important for you guys is how you get this into the hands of people to at least try out and then um, buy from yeah. there on. Um, let's talk a little bit about the numbers now. And I know this is very early. You've basically, you're basically in year one of this new product iteration. Um, where is Ula Life in terms of revenue today? Uh, right now, Ula Life monthly revenue is a four digits. And by the early next year, we are expecting to triple the, the number of our revenue monthly. So four digits a month, we're expecting five digits over a year. You're expecting it to triple next year. Yeah. Um, what is the what, uh, what is the size of the customer base today? Uh, right now, uh, our users have, we have like 120 users. And the size of the customer is around 29 to 30 mm-hmm. uh, paying customers, uh, mainly B2B. So uh, we try to sell them a premiums. So uh, we are expecting more and more BNB as we had as we have another fifty B two B meetings uh, we had this month. So that's so, the pipeline that you're working yes. on. But currently, around twenty nine to thirty paying customers using the premium model. Yeah. Um, what is the average ticket size here, or at least the the size of those purchases? Uh, usually, we sell a yearly plan. So um, for the monthly, it costs around thirty dollar. And for the yearly, it costs around $280. Right. And you are selling only one package per B2B customer or more than that? Uh, usually, we sell yearly one package uh, at this uh, initial stage. But as we offer more offerings, uh, we tend to uh, sell more. And 
this is because only one person needs to use it in order to send out those asynchronous videos? Yes. Basically, uh, if one person have account, uh, only one person can access and send out to many users. Uh, however, if uh, they opt for another additional space or an additional account to join and access the video, there's an additional uh, cost to it. Uh, you're expecting revenue to grow three times next year, so maybe the five, six-digit mark at that point. What's going to drive that revenue growth? I think most of the things that actually drive our revenue growth is actually uh, referrals and major discounts that we put in the initial stage and also the testimonials. We're currently working on the strong uh, case study for our uh, products. So that actually helps uh, people know and uh, when to use our products. Um, so you're working on, you basically have to get the trust of your current user base and then trust that they will pass you on to others uh, and give you a good reference there. Um, is there a uh, any, are there any other products that you work? I mean, right now, obviously, your focus is on the current product uh, iteration. But are there any key partners that you're working with in order to help you grow the business? Uh, right now, we have been granted from Credo uh, for uh, some amount of grants. And we have been working with Sunway iLabs. So Sunway iLabs uh, helps us to uh, validate our product and get to our key partners. Uh, that is actually also partners to Sunway. So that actually helps us to, you know, bring our products front to the B2B customers. And who do you see being the main customers here? Because I can see academic institutions being a key customer, uh, record a lecture or a tutorial and send it out virtually so that students can watch uh, as and when uh, they have the time to do so. I know I would have killed for that when I was in Monash. <laughs> um, is that what you're seeing or do you see a much wider audience than that? Uh at first, we think that uh, businesses and organization is our main customer. But we see a trend where universities, uh, academia start using our platforms and they reach out to us. So uh, one of the uh, academic institutions, uh, instead of uh, one man, one person using our platform or just one department using our platform, they're interested to uh, like, uh, infuse our product to the whole organization, which is uh, that's going to be our main customer. Oh. So do you see yourself focusing on academia? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, we think that this is a kind of niche that we can uh, leverage to distinguish us from another competitors. So by focusing on the niche, uh, we, because we know our main competitors are focusing on the businesses, uh, focusing on the enterprise. So... Our key advantage here is by focusing on the uh, underprivileged, uh, unpopular uh, market segments, which is education. So we think by focusing on this niche, we have more leverage. So there could be also a big ed tech play here as well in terms of how to spread education out or dis uh, distribute education uh, education to wider audiences in a recorded format uh, in an on-demand manner so that people don't have to waste bandwidth when they don't have the bandwidth, for example, given... Uh, Lisa, you're in Monash. Yeah. Uh, you also, you guys also came out of Sunway iLabs. Yeah. Uh, Sunway has many education institutions, and mm -hmm. Monash itself is an education institution. Are they currently customers of your product? Uh, yes. So um, Sunway, we are having full uh, pilots on Sunway, and for Monash, uh, we are just started to have a pilot in Monash. 
Now, it is very early to talk about profitability. I don't think that anyone's expecting you to be profitable at this point. But given the current market condition, I'm sure your partners and your early stage investors want to see some semblance of a path to profitability. Um, what does that look like for Ula Life? So profitability-wise, I guess even though we are not focusing on the monetary terms as of now, the financials, mm-hmm. because we're still in the process of finding our product market fit. We, even though we are making uh, sufficient, I would say, from our premium packages, so we're looking to maybe double, triple the revenue mm-hmm. over the next year or so, because we believe as we find this product market fit, this will really, you know, give us that edge and lead us on the right path to mm-hmm. probably monetizing the product and focusing on, you know, getting that steady revenue flow as well. Yeah. I mean, revenue is important. Growth is yeah. important. That's it, though. Given the current environment, I'm sure there are talks around what kind of timeline uh, investors are expecting. And obviously, this might shift depending on how well you execute. But is there a timeline expected in terms of when Ula Life will achieve profitability? Uh, usually, it takes uh, 18 months since launch before we actually raise money. So, uh, yes, uh, our investors uh, know about uh, our status since our pivoted. So, we think that uh, since we just launched like a few months, so that's another 18 months clock. So, there's an 18 month clock here in terms for you to show whether there is a feasible business here, whether there is a pathway to profitability. Yeah. Um, you raised $300,000 in pre-seed funding in 2021, as we talked about earlier. Um, are you expecting to raise more money in the coming few months? Uh, at the present moment, we are not raising uh, money because the initial fundraising is for us to gather the team to build MVP. So uh, the next stage should be uh, once we reach a product market fit. So we, when we find our product market fits and we know what is the target segments, what is the strategy to expand the segment, that is when we need to raise. So a very disciplined approach to the way that you guys are raising money. Uh, that's it. What's the runway that you have left from your initial fundraising? Uh, I think for now, because we are stay uh, very lean, we only have a small group of number of team and we want to stay that small as long as possible. So because the first thing is uh, we reduce our burn rate and also our decision making is faster. So from that amount, I think we have like uh, 14 to 50 months. Now, let's say um, everything goes according to plan. What should we expect to see Ula Life look like in five years time? Say we're five years time, we're back in the studio uh, and I ask you, how's Ula Life doing? What's it looking like today? What was, what's the answer going to be? Um we want to build Ula Life to uh, and grow Ula Life to become a household name in the Southeast Asia. So we want to build Ula Life to as big as we can because uh, if you grow big, uh, there are more more potential way for Ula Life to you know is it like getting acquired like merger and acquisition or become a unicorn. So our main focus now is just grow big, just get more users into our platform. Um, but you know, to get that to grow big, uh, are, are you pivot? Are you focused on being a B two B, or are you talking about being a B two C company? Uh, right now, we are a mixture of B two B and B two C because we cannot uh, alienate uh, B two C. Just focus on B two B because 
uh, in this uh, process of reaching product market fits, we have to experiment everything, right? So it's good we have customer on B2B. Okay, why not we explore B2C like our competitors? Because there's still market there. Uh, freelancers, uh, uh, remote teachers, they are still exploring this. Not just they are working for an organization, they need to use a platform. So we are exploring every customer segment. So you do see this as a big cons- uh, consu- uh, B2C product as well, not simply a B2B product. Yes. All right. So uh, we will, I'm sure, see each other again in five years' time and yeah. figure out, <laughs> find out whether uh, the, that plan has panned out. But right now, the only game aim is to grow. Yeah. All right. Uh, Faris, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I've been speaking with Ula Life co-founders Afam Fariz and Eliza, uh, Lisa Lategold, a who run a Malaysian startup that's trying to replace virtual meetings with recorded video over email. I'm Roshan Gunnison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep you here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.